members and either welcome or welcome back to At Least There's a Dog, a Star Trek Enterprise review podcast in which we will boldly go episode by episode through the Star Trek series that, whatever its flaws, undeniably has the most dog. We are your hosts, Mandy and Josh, and on tonight's show we will be discussing season two, episode, is it nine or ten? Uh, I think we're on nine. Uh, we're gonna say nine. Uh, uh, ten. Ten, really? Yeah. Never mind. Episode ten, Vanishing Point. Yeah. Um, that was interesting. That was resoundingly okay. I think it was, like, it, it, it had a lot of very good and a lot of very not good. Yeah, I'm not sure I saw it quite the same way. I just thought it was extremely okay. I came away thinking that was a very middle-of-the-pack Enterprise episode. Okay. It wasn't boring, but at the same time, it was a letdown. Okay. You might have more to say about this one than I do. We'll see. I guess we will see. Um, it was nice that they tried a Hoshi episode, I guess. Yeah, no, I, it was good to see Hoshi get to, to do some things. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah. You want to just tell, tell the audience what we're talking about? I guess I can. There's not a whole lot to discuss before I tell everybody what on earth was going on in this episode. So this was Vanishing Point, and we open on Trip and Hoshi on a strange planet playing Legends of the Hidden Temple, <laughs> when their rune translations are interrupted by a terrible, frightening CGI tornado. They can't get to the shuttle pod, so they have to use the transporter. Trip is totally a-okay with this, but Hoshi agrees with Admiral Bones in Encounter at Farpoint on the matter of, is there a reason you want my atoms scattered all over space, boy? But everything goes just fine and dandy. Or does it? Hoshi immediately begins to feel that something isn't quite right, but everyone just dismisses her concerns, to the point where it seems like she's not even there. Ha ha. Ha ha ha. Why are you looking at me like that? That wasn't funny. I'm taking this exactly as seriously as it deserves. But it's up to Hoshi's invisible and scantily dressed ghost to save the NX-01 from imminent explosion via some unmemorable aliens that we'll never see again. Will Hoshi rematerialize? Will she save the crew? Did Travis Mayweather technically have lines in this episode? Discuss. That, that is something I did want to bring up. <laughs> Fabulous. The star of the show, Porthos, was very unfairly not invited on the hunt for submolecular residue on the floor. I'm telling you, like, this is the sort of thing... The very least he could have told them whether it was Hoshi or not. Porth they wouldn't have needed the amino acid scanner or whatever it was. Porthos would have found Hoshi. Well, we don't know whether her ghost smelled. All ghosts smell. Why do you think dogs bark at them? Well, she'd just taken a shower. Maybe she just smelled like soap. But dogs can even smell you when you're clean. Hmm. In dispute. This is, this is why dogs bark at things that you can't see. They are seeing all the invisible people who have been in transporter accidents, and they like are barking Cyrus at them. Like Cyrus Ramsey? Like Cyrus Ramsey, who maybe doesn't exist. Probably maybe doesn't exist. probably doesn't exist. I kind of want him to, though. That was one of my favorite parts of the episode. Yeah, it, me too. And, okay, so your, your plot summary didn't actually talk about the end. Um, spoilers. My plot summaries usually don't talk about the end, and then we spoil the end anyway. Yeah, so spoilers. Um, 
she hadn't rematerialized. It was all basically a dream inside the pattern. Didn't I say like 10, 10 minutes in, is this all a dream? You did. Because everybody was acting just ever so slightly weird. And whenever that happens, I'm like, oh, this is all happening in somebody's mind. Mm-hmm. And so it turned out that, yes, it was that extremely cheap narrative device of it's all just a dream. Mm-hmm. So the, the thing is that this episode played very much like it was going to be like um, an episode of The Next Generation called The Next Phase. Do I don't remember? think I remember that one. Wait, you don't? No. Uh, Jordy and Ensign Rowe are in a oh, transporter Oh, is that the one where they die? Yeah, they go to their own funeral. And they watch their own funerals? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I just didn't remember what it was called. Yeah, they, um, they're in a transporter accident and no one on the ship can see them. And so they're watching everyone like react to their deaths mm-hmm. and reacting to it in an interesting way. Unlike Hoshi, who... Is not reacting we'll to it in an interesting way. We'll get to that. Um, and there's, it turns out they're not the only people who are like this. And there's also a Romulan who's on the ship trying to sabotage things. Uh, and they have to fight him. It was cool. Yeah. And uh, in the end, there's a big like showdown at their own funeral. Where they are uh, trying to become uh, like detectable. Yeah, and okay. It was great. Like it was, it was just fantastically like paced and a lot of fun. Like that was a fun episode. It was. And there's a thing that I will always remember about how the Bajoran death rites are like three hours long, and Roe really doesn't want them to be performed. Mm-hmm. And this episode was very much like that one, but worse in every single way. Yeah, file this in the category of been done before and better. Yes. Um, also, there was an episode of Voyager where Captain Janeway think, is in a similar situation where no one can see her and she thinks she is dead. Um, but it turns out that, no, it's just an alien creature that is trying to get her to voluntarily enter the afterlife so that it can eat her. Oh, yeah. I remember that one, too. That was weird. Yeah. But again... More interesting. That was Voyager doing what Voyager frequently did best and just being absolutely off-the-wall bonkers. That episode was called Coda, if you want to go look it up. Okay. Um, so, yeah, the, the big problem with this episode, in my opinion, is that it didn't do anything that hadn't already been done before, except maybe, you know, having a dream inside the pattern buffer. But it, it didn't do anything better or more interesting than other things had done before. There was one thing it did that hadn't been done before, and that was that weird little personal tilt-a-whirl that Tucker was on for like five minutes. <laughs> Which, what? What are you doing, son? That just looks like a one-man vomit comet. I call it the spinamajiggy. Okay, you can call it that. I'm not getting in anything like that anytime soon. No, no, nor should you. I was starting to feel a little dizzy just watching him in that thing. Yeah, and I don't know what its purpose is. I will that actually... It seems to me like the sort of gym equipment that you have for people who don't actually feel like getting exercise, but still feel like they have to be doing something at the gym so that uh, they don't look out of place. I will actually talk about that in pluses and minuses. Ooh. But we'll get to that. But yeah, just my, my overarching feel is that this episode uh, did things that have been done before, but not well. But it did manage to keep my attention the whole way because I was trying to figure out exactly 
How are they going to make this different from what they've already done before? They didn't really, except just making it a little bit worse. Exactly. The all a dream thing is definitely worse. Yeah, I wasn't a fan. Mm-hmm. So how about I, um, I make you feel a little better and tell you some stuff that you probably didn't know before? I like that idea. Do it. Give yeah. Trivia. Trek trivia. So let's talk about transporters. Let's. That so, sounds fun. You know um, why they make the tran- why they created transporters for Star Trek, right? Maybe not. Because the original idea, which was to have the Enterprise land, would have been really expensive. Fair. Like, special effects-wise. Okay, yeah. And so the transporter is a much cheaper way to get people from point A to point B. Okay. Now, do you know what made the transporter effect in the original series? Like, obviously now it's all CG stuff, but... I do not. um, Aluminum powder. Really? The, uh, one of the special effects guys, I wish I wrote down his name, but I didn't. Um, Maybe I'll look it up and put it in the show notes or something. Um, He got a very dark room... Um, like just total black room, uh, got a bright light and uh, put a slow motion camera uh, okay. and s- just dropped this aluminum powder through the air. And it's very reflective. Uh-huh. And so you have all these sparkly reflections going on. Okay. And so he has this whole like field of, of sparkles. And then he uh, used a mask on uh, where people were in the images and uh, just overlaid the sparkles over that mask of where the person was as he transitioned from the shot of the room without the person to the shot of the room with the person or vice versa. Oh, interesting. That's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. When you first said aluminum powder, I was about to be like, holy crap, that's really dangerous. Cause I thought you were saying that like they tossed aluminum powder around on the people. No, 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 no. That's and that just... stuff can like get into your lungs and really screw you up. Yeah. Yeah. No, that would be really, really bad. No, that, that's, that's how just... they almost killed the tin man. <laughs> oh dear yeah because yeah. his makeup was made of aluminum and it got in his lungs and he almost died you're getting more trivia than you bargained for yeah that was uh, Wizard of Oz trivia yeah. bet you didn't think you were going to get that always a surprise on the podcast yeah we're not in uh, Kansas anymore were we ever in Kansas um, I guess once but oh, we, yeah, weren't, that we weren't podcasting while we were there we were not podcasting in Kansas that's fine okay anyway Little transporter trivia for Cool. You. Yeah, that's neat. I did not know that. Okay. Um, do we want to talk about pluses and minuses? I suppose we do. I don't have that many, but yeah, that's okay. I don't I didn't either. Um Okay, so I guess plus the spinamajig. Okay. I, I I think it's dumb, but it's the sort of dumb thing that I really love on Star Trek. Like, for example, um it it, it reminds me of that thing in sickbay on the original series where a person would lie with their back on the medical table and they'd like pump the their McCoy feet. The McCoy torture device. They'd yeah. pump their feet on that thing on the wall or the ceiling. Yeah. Yeah. That it thing re- shouldn't be in the gym. It should be in sickbay. It should be a phlox torture device. <laughs> it reminds me of that. It's okay. like, let's make a futuristic piece of exercise equipment. All right. <laughs> yeah. That seems fun. Yeah, so I I like that. Okay, I had some commentary about that one as well. And in general, it was that this episode was really nicely shot. Okay. The episode itself did not do a very good job of being uncomfortable and disorienting, but the camera work did. Okay. There were a lot of, like, slightly distorted shots and a lot of jerky movements and a lot of, like, things not quite being where they were supposed to be. And I think spending that long focused on Trip in the Tilt-A-Whirl 
was supposed to be part of that disorienting effect, and it worked, because I wanted to look away from the screen when he was on there. Okay, interesting. Like, I think the Total World's been there before. It might have been, but I don't think we've ever seen anybody in it for quite that long. No, no one's used it before. So yeah, I really liked the way this episode was put together, just not necessarily the contents of the put-togetherness. Okay. Um, I think that, you know, directing-wise, they actually did a pretty good job of having ambiguous uh, ghost effects. Like, maybe the mirror was just fogging up. Or maybe there was just steam in the bathroom. Like, the sorts of things that make... Like, I was wondering for a while, are they just doing this, like, psychological trauma? I wondered that too, and I would have gone from like being kind of indifferent towards this episode to actively hating it if that's what they had been doing. So I'm really glad that they didn't. Yeah, like I think they were. I think maybe their their game was like let's let's keep the audience guessing as much as possible. Let's you know because just think about the theories we had. You had the it's a dream theory. I had the it's a parallel universe theory. Um, Like yeah, she's in the parallel universe where that whole civilization went. Mm Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool. Um, if only. Yeah, if only. I um, stuck with It's a Dream most of the way yeah. through. And you were more or less right. Mm-hmm. Um, and also there is uh, the you know, possible just psychological, you know, it's all in her head while she's actually there sort of thing. Mm-hmm. It's uh, like I, I get they're trying to keep all of these theories alive as long as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they picked... Probably the most boring one. Yeah. To be the actual thing. They did. And yeah, a little disappointing. But, but yeah, the yeah. effects weren't bad. Um, I did like her attempt at sending a message to Archer in Morse code. And I liked his complete and utter failure to uh, to listen. Though I guess it was more to Paul's complete and utter failure to listen. Kind of. But also, she didn't she like punch out Hoshi in Morse code? She did. Yeah. Let's see. Hoshi... Um... I don't actually know what an H is. And then an I is... Okay. I don't know. Yeah. I... Wait, no, I guess I do. Um, it's, uh... The H is the same name as the H at the beginning of this of the word. Oh my goodness. I actually do know Hoshi in uh, Morse code because I know exactly two things in Morse code. I know SOS and I know Hi. There you go. That's and all it you turns need. out that uh, <laughs> Hoshi is made up of entirely the letters in SOS and Hi. There you go. It was meant to be or something. Yeah, but apparently Archer didn't know anything beyond SOS. Otherwise, he might have figured out that uh, something was going on there. Not well, that it mattered because it was all in her head. Not that it mattered because it was all a dream. But we spent most of the episode in the dream. So yeah. we're going to keep thinking about it like it was real. Uh, what else you got? Um... Mostly just, you know, I, I did like how uh, disorienting things were, and um, I liked uh, Travis's line, uh, mm-hmm. you don't take me anywhere. Yeah, you don't take me anywhere. Yeah. It's true. It's true. We've pointed it out several times. If you wanted the clearest evidence that, in fact, it was just all a dream. <laughs> The fact that they took Travis on an away mission and he got to be a pilot? Yeah. Like, we didn't actually see him do that, which is pretty in keeping with the show. But... <laughs> but that's a pretty clear indication that this is not real life. Yep. Um, speaking of which, Anthony Montgomery's smile. That's one of my pluses. <laughs> all right. That's all. All that needs to be said about it. 
He was very excited to get to go on an away mission. He was. Okay. Um, I'm basically out of pluses. Okay, I got one more. Um, making the transporters seem scary, even though it's not. You think that they did a good job I of it? I think they did a fairly good job of that. Okay. I'm going to credit a lot of that to the actors, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we know the transporter's not scary, and we know that Starfleet didn't discontinue it because we've seen all the other shows. Um, but, you know, it's uh, they're nervous about it, and they do a good job of making it seem like something scary. Mm-hmm. Like, among other things, because it's new, and like we don't know how much they've done with it at this point, and they're clearly still working out some of the kinks. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, like Flux said, people were probably terrified of automobiles. Yeah. Also, the music was good in parts of this. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's kind of all I got. All right. Mine is this? Yep. All right, I already complained about how this is like some previous episodes, but less. Um, here, let me just... Here, here's a bit of a minus for you. It's more of a joke. Okay. Um, so, Hoshi is now... Oh, don't you look at my notes and try to figure out what I'm going to say. I wasn't. Uh, Hoshi... <laughs> okay. Hoshi uh, is going around... And no one's talking with her, and she's got no one's letting her do anything. She was basically in um, Travis Mayweather Simulator. <laughs> Does Travis Mayweather talk though? Uh, we will. We don't know because no one ever talks to him. It's true. Or well, they tell him things, but he doesn't respond. But yeah, I don't know. Like when it happens to you, you're like, this is terrible. Have you considered what it's like to be Travis? I mean, to be fair, Hoshi isn't really a focus character a lot of the time anyway. Yeah, it's It true. is amusing to me, now that you bring it up, that her focus episode is all about her being invisible. Yep. There's, there's, some, uh, there's some poignancy to that. Yep. Um, my first minus is that, I guess it's technically Hoshi Dream Archer, but like, I don't know, they seem to be trying to play them as they would be mostly as real characters. Mm-hmm. Um, Archer's really, really bad at people. His conversation with Hoshi's dad, where he was telling Hoshi's oh dad about yeah. her, her death, was the actual worst thing. Mm-hmm. Like, son, did they not go over how to do this? Keep it simple. Mm-hmm. Just, she died heroically in the line of duty. Like, you, how do you... We'll send you the details be, later. This can't be the first time he's had to do this. Can't imagine. Like, they've lost people already, haven't they? I mean, on Enterprise? Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not, I think they did, but I'm not positive. But even if not, like there's got to be. But he, he, he's, he's a captain. He's, he's been a captain. And stuff. also there's, there's, I'm pretty sure there is standard military protocol for how you deliver the news to a family that somebody died in the line of action. Just follow that, you mm-hmm. dummy. Mm-hmm. Don't try to improvise. That was terrible. Yeah. All right. My turn. Diamagnetic storms saturated with polaric energy. What about them? That's that's my minus. Is that the name of our next band? No, because it's not even good as a band name. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's kind of ironically good as a band name. I, I don't like it. Okay. That That's just such a pile of nonsense. Okay. Okay. Uh, my next minus is the pacing. The pacing mm-hmm. in this episode was way off. Interesting. Especially I... near the end part of the middle everything suddenly slowed to a crawl. Basically the entire time... Once once she was just like sitting in the corner listening to people? Basically the entire time that Hoshi was invisible, the episode just slowed way the heck down. 
because watching somebody essentially talk to themselves is not interesting. Mm -hmm. It will never be interesting. Film and TV makers need to stop trying to make it interesting. This is why it was much better when Roe and Jordy were together. Because, yeah, they had each other, and they can talk to each other, and they can play off each other. But when you have just Hoshi talking into the void, like, it's not going to work this time. Mm -hmm. You've already let us see that. Mm -hmm. Move move along. Okay. Um, I... All right. Some of these some of these minuses like become questionable like complaining about nonsensical decisions or people acting out of character when it was all a dream. Um, yeah, that's the problem with this episode too. Is that any criticisms that we have out of of it are like, but it was all a dream. Yeah, it's like, why are you even considering having Hoshi go down to the planet on a shuttle retrieval mission? She can't pilot a shuttle. I assume she can't. I'm not positive, but I assume she can't. And if she could, there's probably someone else who can do it better than her because she spent her time, like, learning languages instead of practicing piloting. And also someone else who didn't just have a terrible experience with the transporter. Yeah. Where, like, let's let the person rest, okay? Mm-hmm. No, it was dumb, but also it was all a dream. So, yeah. And same, same sort of thing for Flocks. I have to go feed my animals. Mm -hmm. That was the moment that I was kind of like, is this all a dream? Because, like, mm -hmm. Flox is kind of eccentric, but he's not, you know... A dick? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He doesn't just ignore people who come into sickbay. Mm -hmm. Speaking of which, that leads to... This is not even so much a minus as it is just a general observation about the running of NX-01. It's a real crying shame that Deanna Troy on uh, Next Gen was kind of a little bit of a mess because the writers had no idea what to do with her. Mm -hmm. Because my goodness, these ships could use a counselor. <laughs> they could really use some kind of mental health professional. Because yeah. however many degrees Phlox has, he does not seem particularly adept at uh, mm -hmm. emotional type stuff. Mm -hmm. Like even when he's on form, he doesn't seem particularly adept at emotional type stuff. And this is the kind of thing where a Deanna Troy could actually be really helpful. And yes, I realize it's all a dream, so Deanna Troy would have been acting funny too. But, you know, somebody goes through kind of a lousy experience on a faraway planet that could have led to their death. Might want somebody to talk to after that. Yep. I agree. So yeah, maybe y'all should uh, pick somebody up at the next stop. <laughs> or something like that, yeah. Yeah. Or promote one of these crewmen to the position of counselor. Or promote the chef to the position of counselor. Well, that's going to be a problem, isn't it? Because there is no chef, so there still wouldn't be a counselor. All right, all right. Okay. One more Porthos to counselor. Counselor Porthos. Oh, yeah. Why didn't they just let Porthos smell? Seriously. You are quite fixated on this. A little. Okay. Um, one last minus on my side. Um, those aliens that were setting up the bomb? Uh-huh. They're super not interesting. Yeah. Why? Like, they were there to provide a piece of conflict, but they weren't interesting at all yeah you could have they done had it no motivation them. they yeah why okay that's all yeah they were just kind of there because we needed conflict in the episode and i think they could tell it was getting boring they felt very shoehorned in mm -hmm. you got anything else nope that's it all right uh mayweather report okay this is going to be an interesting one because yeah we're both wrong regardless because mm -hmm. i said two you said one and then he had like six lines um, we might have to expand the range of the Mayweather forecast at some point. However, 
Yeah, Travis said none of those lines. They were all in Hoshi's head. This is not the Montgomery report. Mm-hmm. This is the Mayweather report. So did Travis Mayweather have any lines in this episode? Uh, not really. No. So if we had said zero, would we be right? We'd probably have to argue about it, especially if one of us had said, had said uh, more than three. But fortunately, neither of us did. So yeah, we, we both we get chose, to be wrong no matter yeah, what. Yeah, we both get to be wrong. And there's no partial credit. Yeah. Yep. So we can we can remain married for another day. <laughs> All right. Uh, forecast. Um. So the next episode is called Precious Cargo, as an apparent and is apparently a trip romance episode. I'm gonna go zero for this one. I don't think he's gonna be in it. Yeah. Um, you know what? I'm gonna keep hoping. <laughs> I'm gonna keep hoping. I'm gonna say two. All right. So zero versus two. All right. Uh, My pen will work. I got it. Two. And that has been your Mayweather forecast for next time. Which means I think the only thing we have left to do is give out a Kirk Award. Yep. So every show we bestow the James Tiberius Kirk Award on the character who spends the episode keeping the Star Trek legacy alive by doing the best William Shatner impersonation. I know who my nominee for this one is. Yep. Me too. Three, two, one. Three, two, one. Hoshi. All right. Okay. Why Hoshi? Um, because Hoshi is going around, uh, you know, basically never gave up talking to people, being crazy, but I don't know. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, it's a Hoshi episode, so that is fair. It is a Hoshi episode, yeah. However, Mm -hmm. did you hear that speech that Tucker gave himself in the corridor when he couldn't see Hoshi? It should have been me. I should have made you go first. It's all my fault. Okay, you're Come right. On! You're right. You're right. Give it a trip. Yep. I'm right. Okay. Trip wins. Trip wins. Fabulous. You'll catch up to Archer someday. If you're not already ahead of him. He's not ahead of him. No. Nobody's ever going to catch up to Archer because Archer is Kirk Light. Still want to give it to Porthos. I know you do. Porthos wasn't in this episode. I know. Um... Yeah. All right. This one will be a little on the short side, which is fine. It the episode the most, didn't merit much. It wasn't the most inspiring episode. We're hopeful, question mark, for the next one? I hope so. I think it sounds terrible, but it sounds like it might be entertainingly terrible. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm hoping for. Okay. Yeah. We'll roll with that. Okay. Shall we wrap up then? Yeah. All right. As always, thank you for listening. If you are enjoying this, please tell all your friends and family to join the crew. If you're really enjoying this, please consider leaving us a rating, review, or signing up for a subscription on the podcast platform of your choice. If you would like to tell us how we have brightened your day or give us some suggestions for the show, shoot us an email at at least there's a dog at gmail.com. And if you're watching along with us, your next viewing assignment is the episode Precious Cargo. Take care of yourselves, and until next time, remember to go wherever your heart will take you. Bye. Bye.